snowed Sunday though. That's like a weird. lot. Yeah. Global warming. Stick to sports, yeah. Georgia. Stick to sports. Sorry. Climate change. to season two of Long Relief. Uh, if you've made it this far, I wish we had a prize to give you, but uh, we got no sponsors this season, so, uh, you know, I guess you just get the reward of listening to us. Joined, as always, by my uh, co-host Josh Josephson here in D.C., Andrew Kindlin in Chicago. This is uh, Mac O'Brien kicking it off here. Season two, boys, we made it. Uh, what do you have to say for yourselves? I missed you guys. Yeah, it feels good to be back. I had a gaping hole in my life, and and, and it's back. You probably filled that hole with uh, wedding plan planning, but aside from that. Yeah, yeah. It's just not the same. Uh, so let's just, you know, no frills, no no, uh, no dicking around here. Let's just get right into it. People want content, so let's give it to them. Um, we're going to kick off the way we always do, and that's starting with some baseball. Now, uh, we're a, bit, a little bit slow on the draw this season. Didn't get to prediction season because of busy season, but let's go ahead and go with recap season. JoJo, I want to throw it over to you because uh, you are the fan of the defending champs, so no better place to start. Uh, where do you want to kick us off here? Uh, the fact that the panic button has been pressed already. Whoa! Uh, 18 games into the season, and you're pressing the panic button. Yes, we are already seven and a half games back. Our differential is a minus 40. Uh, no team has ever come back to win the World Series after having a differential this bad. Um, what about a and, division, though? Uh, division, yes. World Series, no. Got it. I mean, you play to win. <laughs> World Series. I don't know, man. I'm a Braves fan. We just played, uh, you know, win the division, and then right the, the 1990s. We can't. <laughs> um, but I mean, in a division with the Tampa Bay Rays, who they already have a plus 40 differential, and they can pit their their three headed monster with their two openers, and all I see is pitching Ninja and Jose Alvarado. Like, there's just Boston is not clicking, and I am super concerned because the starting pitching isn't there. The offense isn't there. Granted, we're only 18 games in, but yeah, panic button pressed. Uh, AK, your thoughts on the panic button? I 
So can I jump uh, in on that point, the sale point? Because this was a point I was going to make. And I'm ripping off Eno Saris a little bit. but uh, So I think that there's something wrong with sale injury-wise. Like, I don't think he's fully healthy. We had these conversations last year. And, you know, he came back in, in the World Series. He's, he was great. Um, but to your point, fastball up until last night, velocity was way down. Even still, even after last night's performance when he was hitting 97 on the gun, which was where he was maxing out two years ago when he was at his best, he's still two miles an hour slower on his fastball this year than he was last year. So, I mean, a significant gap. If that's a product of age, then, like, I don't know, two miles an hour off of a fastball between one, you know, six months, one season, that's a lot. In fact, I think it's too much. I don't think he's healthy. What do you think, JoJo? He, he can't be healthy. He was saying his mechanics are out of whack. I don't know. I think I think he lost maybe an extra pound this offseason, so he needs to gain back that one pound. Because, um, <laughs> God forbid, he, he actually puts on some weight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe CC Spatia can give him some weight. Who knows? AK, where I, I kind of yeah, I mean, touched off there. What else were you going to say about the offense? No, I mean, that, that was my point. The only other thing, I mean, it, we can go deeper into teams in the AL East, but, like, I feel like there's there's always going to be the, the, the stretch during the season where the Red Sox can beat up on, you know, Toronto and Baltimore a little bit to get some wins under their belt. I mean, they're both off to an uh, start. I don't know how good they're going to be. The Orioles are going to suck again. So they'll have their time to make up grounds, but I – I mean, to me, sale is the the number one issue for them at the moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the only reason why the panic button but is pressed. Well, so look, but my my only point, and I, I I did not know the stat about the world being unable to win a World Series after starting uh, with such a poor run differential. I mean, look, the Red Sox have earned it. They have not played well. Sale called their performance embarrassing. He said he was embarrassed for his family. Uh, Mookie Betts is out here searching for answers. But a six and twelve stretch, if this were July or or June, would not be that alarming. I mean, there's still plenty of time. If this is the worst stretch that the Red Sox have in twenty games, and they were winning tonight, I know the the Yanks just hit a grand slam. But let's say they go six and fourteen to start off the season. That's not good. But if that's your worst stretch in the season, yeah. there is plenty of time to recover. And then the playoffs are just a crapshoot. Sorry, guys. So, the only, the only other thing I really have to add is, I mean, they started with a very long road trip to start, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, look, I'm not going to press it yet unless Mac is a, a genius and can tell that Sale is clearly hurt. I'm going to give him some time to, like, get, get going because I, I think this team is just too talented to not – Turn it around eventually. Well, wait. So, JoJo, we got to set some rules about what the panic button, the pressing of the panic button. Means. I mean, I think this means that you're all, you're out on the Red Sox winning it all. 
You're you're no longer you no longer believe that the Red Sox can win it all. Fair. True or false? Uh, true. Hmm. All right. Well, no duck no duck boats for you come uh, October. Yeah. What what's what's the price I got to pay? Nothing. All what right, do you good. get in return? It's it, I don't know. You get uh, the pride of being right. That's all we're it's out here for the, anyway. It's either the pride of being right or I'm wrong and they win the World Series. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, all right. So what else we got in the American League East? The Yanks. Everyone on the DL. Yikes. Um, panic button time there. AK. I, again, I don't. I'm not going to out here hitting panic buttons left and right. I'm gonna say no. Again, their lineup's too good to to not pick this up once everyone gets back. So I'm not gonna hit the panic button yet. But I, it is what it is. This early in the season, injuries are gonna happen. If it's a long-term injury thing for everybody, that's another question. But it's early. Let's just let's chillax. I agree. Um, New York, they obviously have some time because somehow anybody who puts on the pinstripe uniform can actually uh, fill in fill in appropriately and fill in adequately. Uh, but rather than talk about all the teams doing bad, can we focus on the the low market Tampa Bay Rays and what they're doing? Even though that they lost their ace and Blake Snell to that freak injury the other day, uh, they can actually hit the ball a little bit and they can pitch. And Kevin Cash is a genius, so. I think it's going to be hard for anybody to uh, not. People can catch up, but they may pace the division. To be honest, I'm on board with that. I. This is how things happen. You, you, if you can ca- like kind of casually get out to a huge lead, it, they can be up six, seven games in the Yankees in the blink of an eye. That's kind of a big number, even this early. Um, I do think they're in a good spot with it. They have three very good, I don't know, starting pitchers, middle starting pitchers, however you want to describe their kind of closer starters. But Blake Snell, well, he's out now, but Glass now and Charlie Morton, those are good pitchers. That's a good yeah. core to, yeah. to work on. And so, look, there's always a pace horse. Maybe the Rays want to be the pace horses. Yeah, and I mean, who, who would have guessed that Austin Meadows would be doing this when he got traded from yeah. Pittsburgh? All right, so look, here's my it's one. It's weird because well, go ahead. I'm a big Kevin Kiermeyer fan, and he's kind of the prototypical leadoff hitter. He's hitting well, and he's not even a leadoff. Right. It's Austin Meadows, who's leading the team in hitting home runs, RBIs, all the big hitting stats. Look, let them, let them just run this out as long as they can, and maybe they have a decent lead come July and August. Here, my only issue with the Rays is um, – they have played a combined zero games against the Red Sox and Yankees. We just talked about how neither of those teams is going to struggle hard. That means that the Sox and Yankees have 19 more cracks at the Rays this year. I mean, if both of those teams go 10 and 6, or I'm sorry, um, 13 and 6, which is not that outlandish, especially with Snell missing time, um, you know, that, that lead evaporates immediately. So, right. I'm not really in on the Rays yet. I think if they're up seven games come end of May, then yeah, I mean, they're going to be really tough to topple. they got great pitching, great hitting. The opener strategy is working. They're putting all the critics to rest. They're, uh, I really like what they're doing, but it, way too early, I think. Uh, you know, if they had played 
a series against the Sox and two against the Yankees by now and had this lead? Maybe, but I can't I can't be on board with this yet. Yeah. That's fair. My my only question for the my only remaining question for the Rays is if nobody goes to the games, does it actually happen? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really sad when they're in the one-game playoff play-in with the uh, the wild-card play-in with the Red Sox and the Sox have twice as many fans as Rays fans. They got Dickie V, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's basketball season, though. No, he's their number one fan, man. Yeah. All right, anything else out of the East before we move on to the Central? No. Uh, I don't. Oh, I don't want yes, to. Spend a yes, ton I got time. one question. I have one question. Yeah, what's up? Um, over under thirty days on Vladdy Jr. when he comes. Wait, what? Over under thirty days for Vladdy mm-hmm. Jr. when he makes it to the bigs. Under from today. Hard under. Okay. Is the thir- is thirty inclusive of the what's the cutoff or the Chris Bryant effect? So that well, that's up next week. But so you, then I'm I'm gonna say on. Uh, Jojo, you, I, I, I like the 30 days. You can maybe stretch it to thir- like 35, 40, because it'll be interesting to see if the Jays try to manipulate his Super 2 deal as well to, yep. you know, arbitration. But That's why I said yeah. 30, because they're going to go over 30. Yeah. And so you're thinking that, but that, see, that pushes him all the way back to like late June. Uh, no, 30 days from now is Memorial Day weekend. There's no hard deadline on that, though. No, I know. It's all service time. Right, but Whatever. Super 2 is all comparative service time math. to other guys. Math, math, math. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm just saying, uh, I, I do think that's an interesting consideration. I mean, it, you know, the Jays are owned by a corporation. Being a fan of a team that is also owned by a corporation, I can tell you that they are the most budget-conscious assholes of all time. So I could see JoJo them trying to buy another year, especially in a season when, let's be honest, the Rays are probably not. I mean, the Jays are probably not going to be competing for a spot. Fair, correct. Uh, On to the Central. Anyone think Cleveland is not going to win this? I mean, have they like messed around too much with trying to cut payroll? I know every like the expectation is Cleveland is going to be couple of games up in the division come like June and then they're going to go out and make trades uh, for guys on on the trading block and um, you know play that game essentially trying to get away with being in a crappy division I mean they they sold off they lost Michael Brantley uh, they were thinking about trading Kluber who's been terrible to date or uh, or maybe Bauer I mean they've, th- they've thought about ways to like cut down on payroll and still win this division are they in danger of succumbing to that strategy and failing or are we all sold on uh, they're going to be in good shape and they're going to represent the central I'll defer to you. Being a I think I think I truly think they still have enough cushion in this in this division. But I, to the point of, of keeping the door open a little bit here, I do think the Twins are finally starting to see some of their young guys play well. Byron Buxton's having a pretty good start. I mean, Eddie Rosario is a good player. I mean, Jose Barrios can anchor this this starting starting staff. The door will be open for them to make a push. So, if, I mean, if the Indians, as you put it, continue to kind of fuck around with, I mean, just trying to go cheap here, maybe they leave that door open, but I, I still think there's enough cushion. Yeah, and I'm going to, just to AK's point, I think they definitely will have 
um, enough. The door is open, but they do have enough. I mean, yes, they do have some injuries already, um, but they have the talent. When Lindor comes back, Hanley's starting to hit again. If Carlo, if Cargo and left field can actually turn it up and be the cargo of uh, get in the goal of uh, of of course field. Sorry, there's a hockey game going on while I'm trying to speak. Um, but um, I, what I will say is, AK, you brought up the Twins. I'm gonna skip to the fourth, the fourth team in that division. Um, the Chicago White Sox are rather very interesting to me uh, because they are actually playing some pretty good uh, baseball. And Joan Moncada, I've been the big, harshest critic of him. He actually looks good, and I know that we may like discuss what happened today a bit later in the show. Um, but they have the pieces that could potentially give the Indians some trouble and let the Twins sneak back in. Dude, yeah. I mean, Tim Anderson is a world beater down there. He's been awesome this year. Um, swiped six bags already, hitting for power, OPS over 1,000. Uh, Moncada, yeah, he's, you know, Giolito, he's shown a little bit of promise. I do like the White Sox. I like. I really think if they got Manny Machado, they could have been competitive this year. They might be, you know, when Eloy Jimenez comes up, or uh, he's already up, isn't he? He's playing left field. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, they've got the young guys starting to arrive a little bit, so um, that'll be interesting. I do think it's the the Twins who are most likely to challenge the Indians. Uh, Barrios has been the best starter in baseball thus far, um, but. I don't know. Uh, Jojo, I think you're right to point to the White Sox because uh, they could sneak up and surprise surprise some folks uh, similar to what the Twins did a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, and that, that's what, that's the only reason why I brought up the White Sox is because they're going to be the Nat, the. I'm not saying the Nats is in the Nationals, I'm saying Nats is in the Flies. Yeah. Um, all right, AK, I want to move out to your division, the American League West. Your Seattle Mariners. Wait, I, got, I, got one, I got one quirk. Quirky stat for you yeah, on the AL Central. Yep. Shane Green leads the MLB in saves with eight. The Detroit Tigers also have eight wins. He has seven strikeouts. <laughs> that's uh, that's maximizing your opportunities there. Yes. It is. <laughs> uh, all right. As our resident Seattle Mariner fan and expert, AK. Your boy is struggling now, losers of five straight. But before then, out of the gates at a 13-2 and record in their first 15. Did you see this coming? Yes. Even after all the moves that they made uh, this offseason, shipping the Big Maple uh, out to the Yankees. I mean, you know, I, I didn't think they were supposed to compete this year. Well, Dan Vogelbach is the best power hitter in baseball. I'm going <laughs> to make that claim now. The new Babe um, Ruth. Such a damn a shame the Cubs had to trade him. I understand they had to, but I'm a big fan of his. But the the only reason I'm going to pump the brakes on the Mariners, they so they opened with Boston for four, who was struggling. So they kind of picked on some low hanging fruit there. Then they played four against the White Sox, four against the Royals. So I, I I mean I think the schedule helped them early, and now they've lost six in a row. I think they're coming back to earth a bit. I'm still their biggest fan here, but. This is this is a fluke. Houston's gonna run away with this, I think. Um, they, did, they did set a record for twenty games in a row. Mm-hmm. The offense is doing well. I, I I get it. I just I think they're picking on 
the weaker of the other divisions. So I, or at least the AL Central, and it is what it is. I don't think they can keep it up. George, yeah, you mentioned now, the uh, Astros. Yeah, I mean the the cream is rising to the top. Uh, we said it all last year. Cream rises eventually, and. Uh, yeah, the Astros are starting to finally hit. Um, it's odd to see that, like, last week, George Springer, uh, Carlos Correa, Bregman, they were all in the mid, low to mid-200s, and they're finally starting to hit. Um, but more importantly for them, um, Justin Verlander is starting to, it looks like he's starting to find his stride. Uh, him and Garrett Cole had a couple bad outings to start the year, and now they're trying to find it. Um, but it's always good when McHugh and Peacock are doing uh, doing some wonders for you there. So, I mean, yeah, it, the Astros, I don't think we have to say anymore. They will hit. They will pitch. They're the best team in the division. They're the best team in the AL, and it will yeah. be like that for the, for the entire season. Um, if I do have some time, one more note on the AL West I do want to mention uh, is that the California role is coming back next week. Yeah. Hitting only he, this year, but yeah. Hitting only, um, but he's sitting on one elbow, and uh, he'll be able to hit apparently well. Um, God knows that they need it because they need something to help out there oh. because Mike Trout just can't do it himself. Oh. Breaking moves. Uh, the Mariners halted, power streak halted at... 20 games after Carlos Carrasco shut him out tonight. The Indians have stopped the Mariners' incredible power streak in a one to nothing defeat of the M's. AK, live reaction. It's all over. Okay. All right, season's over. Pack it up, Mariners fans. <laughs> uh, all right, anything else out of the West, JoJo or AK? Uh, not not really. Nothing, nothing excites me. Joey what? Gallo is going to win the home run derby this year. You mark my words. <laughs> What do you think Mike Trout's batting average is right now? Oh. 620. You're not that far off. I was going to say 415. 368. Wow. So, uh, you know, pretty far off, but. <laughs> uh, all right, move on to the National League. Uh, let's start with the NL East, the most improved uh, division in baseball. Is it the best division, division in baseball? Uh, one through four, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I guess you could make the case. It'll be interesting. The National League Central, I think, one through five could give them a run for their money. Same with the National League West. I think the National League has a lot of parity. Um, the the Marlins are really really bad, but awful. They have been getting beat up by the East, so I don't know. Maybe they'll uh, their talents will travel well. But, before but, we leave, before we leave the Marlins, I. One question I do have for the Marlins before we move on to the uh, top four teams. What is Don Mattingly still doing in Miami? Uh, how, does he, how does he live with himself? Like, you have to at one point just say, okay, I'm done and move on. Like, tell the team you want to quit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be very fun. Uh, it's not like they're like one or two years away from completing this this rebuild either. Oh, it's, no. like, it's like four or five years. So really, and, Don, uh, you're going to stick it out that far? I, I had some big-time respect for Donnie in L.A. And now it's just like 
he cannot, he doesn't know how to teach these kids and they can't develop. When do you just say, I'm done with this project, Derek, and I'm gone? He likes Miami? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would like Miami too, but. I don't know. If I got paid to sit around and babysit a bunch of like 24 year olds, I wouldn't be that bad. Paid millions of dollars. Fair. So now we can move on to the uh, to probably the best four teams in the National League. Yeah, I mean, look, so no other division did as much to improve as the National League East did. You got the Phillies. They went out and traded for Real Muto within the, the division. They got Harper. They got Gene Segura. They got Andrew McCutcheon, signed him. Um and then you got the Mets with their new GM, Brody Van Wagenen, going out and uh, trading for Robinson Cano, who's had a lot of success in the New York area. Uh, Edwin Diaz. Um, you know, they finally look pretty healthy. Pete Alonso at first, maybe panning out. And then, um, you know, the Nats, they have the best three headed punch, or a three headed monster, I think, of uh, any pitching staff between Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Victor Robles looks legit. And then the Braves uh, went out and got former MVP Josh Donaldson. That was it. Um, And they're starting to feel the ill effects of that inactivity because literally their only signings, they re-signed Marquecas, signed McCann, Brian McCann, and got Donaldson, but did not do anything to address the bullpen. Their closer, Rodis Vizcaino, announced today out for the season. So uh, it may be return of the Kimbrel to the ATL, but... That's just an overview of how good this team, uh, I mean, this division got. Like, when the defending when the defending division champ who won 90 games last year goes out and acquires a former MVP, uh, and then they get projected to come in fourth in the division by most, most uh, systems, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, the Braves... Are still a very good team when they obviously were there at the end of last season. They just didn't improve. And while the Nationals did go out and um, get Patrick Corbin, uh, I think that they're actually the team that's going to surprise people in this division. Uh, Anthony Rendon will become a bona fide superstar this season. Uh, currently hitting 397. Uh, the learners have to open up their paycheck for him. If they weren't going to do it for Bryce, they got to do it for him. Um, but with that said, Philadelphia is going to pace this division. They, their offense is like the big red machine back in the 1970s from Cincinnati. There's not that many holes in that. And then on top of that, uh, you've got Jake the Snake and Aaron Nola leading the rotation. Nola has been pretty trash. If we had done yeah. predictions, I would have gone with the Nats to a lot of the points that you just brought up, uh, JoJo. I, but I, I, yeah, no, I mean, I hear you. Like, the Nats have depth. They've got Robles and uh, Soto. Like, Soto and uh, Adam Eden, who yeah. I'm not a big fan of. But, uh, I mean, they've got, they've got talent. They've got pitching. They don't have a bullpen. No, um, nobody has a bullpen right now. Nobody has a bullpen. <laughs> no, 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 literally nobody has a bullpen in the NL East. They all said, "Fuck it, we don't care. We can throw Joe, like Joe Schmo, and your grandmother, and your grandmother can pitch better than uh, Craig Kimbrell." Um, yeah, no, I, it's gonna be an, it's gonna be an interesting, uh, interesting division. AK, what you got? I, I think the Phillies are, are scary good. Um, I don't know. I don't 
have a ton to add there. It, it'll, I, but I, I do think maybe not the Phillies, but the Braves, Mets, and the Nats will kind of beat up on each other all year. So I don't know if you know it, it'll be super interesting to see who of those three can steal a wild card spot because that's where the NL gets interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, AK, I think that's a great call. I, I don't think more than eight games separates the top four teams at any no. point this year in the no. National League East. Yeah, that's, 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 that's very reasonable. Uh, all right, moving on to the Central. Uh, we'll get to your Cubs in a second, AK. They've kind of somehow righted this ship a little bit after a rough start. But um, can any, isn't it incredible that Marcelo Zuna and – Christian Yelich were in the same outfield as Giancarlo Stanton three years ago, and now none of them are there. And with the exception of Stanton, uh, you know, Ozuna and Yelich may be pacing the National League MVP race at this point. Yeah. If if the Brewers can play the Cardinals every game. Yeah, yeah. And Yelich can homer every single game. And hit 100 home runs. So, JoJo, let me get your take on the NL Central before we turn it over to AK for his uh, Cubs perspective. Yeah, um, I, I this this might make uh, make our Chicago resident a little mad. I do think that uh, Milwaukee and St. Louis are definitely better than uh, Chicago. Um, I think the addition of Gold Gold D gives a um, a formidable power threat now in that offense. I mean, Jose Martinez playing right field is not super pretty. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about a now a formidable, a formidable team, hitting team in St. Louis, whereas they used to rely on pitching and defense. Um, I mean, yeah, their pitching still isn't that great. Uh, you're still needing, you're still need Jack Flaherty and Mike and uh, Nicholas to uh, turn it around. And, um, but, over time, they theoretically should. The Milwaukee Brewers, I don't know if you guys have been watching Moustakis, but this dude can the dude can actually play second base, and it's going to be quite the race to watch all year. Yeah, it will be. I, I mean, my thoughts at this point are the Brewers are the best team in the NL Central, and I do think they'll win the division. I just, I can't, I can't buy into their rotation. I don't think Chassin, Woodruff, Burns, and Davies are anything to write home about. But also is incredible outside of the first inning. (laughs) Sure. But what they do have going for them is they have the best weapon, I think, in baseball, Josh Hader. He, He can get eight out saves twice, two, three times a week. Yeah. And... That that's the X factor in this division. I think why the Brewers will win it. I think a similar thing could be said about St. Louis. I don't love their starters either. Um, I mean, Waka is moving down to the fourth fourth starter spot. I don't know if the guys ahead of him are that much better. It, it is what it is. I think Goldie is a huge huge move for them to have made in the off season. But I, I, I do think their rotation is going to hold them back for, for a good chunk of the year. Then that's why I think the Cubs may have an advantage. Ooh. The, pit, the pitching staff is starting to turn it around. Hamels and Quintana have been lights out the last two starts. Lester's been okay. Hendricks will figure it out. The, the huge thing is Jason Hayward might be the best hitter in the world. So 
I promise we did not. This is how unorganized we've been this week. None of us talked in advance of recording this. You just literally stole everything that I was going to say about the Cubs. I, I think pitching is going to win out in this division. Darvish looked a little bit better this time out. Quintana so has like watched. what? Go ahead. Hopefully, hopefully Quintana's. This is the Quintana we wanted. I mean, the joke is that now that Jimenez is up, he wants to. Quintana wants to prove that that he, that he was he won the trade. I, th- I think that their their starting staff will kind of right the ship and, and yeah. shoot the Cubs up the up the standings. But the the one of the bigger questions was, can Javi do it again? He had a great year last year. Yeah. Not, I'm not gonna say it came out of nowhere, but it was better than I think people thought he could be. He's doing really well. Contreras having a huge turnaround year. How's Rizzo hitting? Rizzo is the historically slow starter. He's How's still getting on base. He just he's not getting the base hits. So I, I think the X factor for you guys is Chris Bryant. And is he healthy? And they're like the same deal with Sale, but there have been a lot of people breaking down his swing. He's hitting a ton of ground balls this year, which is the absolute last thing you want to do when you profile as a power hitter like he does. Um, you know, and that really comes down to is his shoulder healthy or not? Yeah. TBD. I mean, the exit the exit below is back up to where it was a couple of years ago. It's just a question of can he hit it in the air, and that seems to be a mechanical issue, and that could be a product of injury. We're not at the point where I think you can make like definitive answers with those types of statistics at this point, but uh, it, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. If he can play well, if they get any production out of Hayward on the offensive side of the ball, because he's going to play really well on defense like he always does, uh, Schwarber has a year like he did last year, and Rizzo finally recovers. Um, it, I mean, it's going to be a really good team. It's a, it's. I think it's a, it's an underrated team. They've got defense. They can throw Almora out there in center, and they have one of the best defensive outfields. Um, you know, David Bodie's a great option off the bench. I think Wilson Contreras is a top three catcher in baseball when he's uh, when he's right. And that it, it, it all comes down to the staff. I think they got a veteran staff, a good staff that's really starting to kind of come together a little bit. You brought up Quintana, but look, Darvish looked good the other night. The strikeouts are still there. Um, I, I, he still has his stuff. He's just not really commanding very well uh, to start yeah, the season. I, I, I think I think that's a reps thing. And if there was yeah. ever any any question about is his arm healthy, he was hitting ninety nine oh, yeah. in his last start. He had he, seven strikeouts last last start. Yeah, if the staff can come around, the offense is in a good spot. I think they have either the second or the best run differential in the NL right now. I think they'll come around. Even even Descalzo has been huge. His his hitting with runners and scoring position has been unbelievable. I think they'll be good. I like what I'm seeing. We'll get the bullpen kind of closer situation figured out when Morrow does come back. Yeah, I do think Edwards and Montgomery need to get back to 100. percent But yeah, if the offense Edwards, can carry the load here. Edwards down in AAA right now. He needs to get his shit together. I someone someone new needs to work with him and, and figure it out. They tried that uh, his motion change where he put his leg down to start and then picked it back up again. That Someone's got to figure out something because his stuff is too good for him not to be effective at the big league level. Well, that, that was interesting because that was actually after his first appearance, they deemed that to be illegal. So yeah, I had to go away from that. 
Um, anything out of the Central before we move on to the West, which I think is also a compelling division? JoJo, anything you want to wrap us up with? Nah. All right, let's move on to the West. Um, you got, you know, order of standings right now. Dodgers at 12-8, and 8, Padres at 11-8, uh, and 8, and then you got the Diamondbacks, Giants, and Rockies all under 500. A lot of people, a lot of people forget this. The Rockies uh, were a playoff team last year, uh, made it out of the wild card game with the Cubs, were promptly swept by the Brewers, but the Rockies in last place there. Um, let's just start with the one, the hot topic. Uh, my prediction for future landing place of Dallas Keuchel, the San Diego Padres, pretender or contender here, JoJo? Um, I, I'm, I'm on board. I am on board. I think that they're still a year away, but I think that they're a contender to give the Dodgers some problems. Is that fair to say? Uh, um, wild card spot or no? Uh, no. All right. So does that mean pretender? Eh, I mean, they'll, they're, they'll compete, but yeah, they're I think that's compete. a pretender. And, and the reason why they're going to compete is because of the middle of the order. That's the whole reason why they're going to compete. When you have, uh, well, I, I'm not even going to start with Machado, but you're going to go Will Myers, Machado, uh, Hunter Renfro, Eric Hosmer, and Fernando Tatis Jr. That's a pretty good middle of the order, and you got Ian Kinsler, who is, I mean, granted, he's only in a buck fifty right now. But, you got a kid, Fran Mil Reyes, who just yeah. rakes. I mean, they have some, they have some decent hitting, and we haven't. I didn't even talk about Manuel Margot, yeah, uh, who they got from Boston yeah. a couple years ago. But it's the pitching staff that's going to break down eventually. Yep. There's, there's literally only so much that this Chris Paddock kid can do for them. He's been their best starter so far. Um, yeah, they just don't have any pitching, and I, Mac, I 100% think that they need to go out and get the Keiko. That's yeah. that would be my that be my landing spot for him as well. So I think it's either San Diego or the only thing that can mess that up is if the Phillies, you know, they just sent down Nick Pavetta. Aaron Noel has been not great. There may be some pressure on that front office to address the pitching staff, and that's the only other place I could see Keuchel going. But it just makes way too much sense if the Padres come like May fifteenth are still, you know, out here grinding a month from now, a game or two back from the Dodgers. It just it, you gotta push the chips in at some point. Okay. It's above my pay grade to understand where they're at with their salary situation. They've got plenty. Do they? So then, look, it, 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 they either go get somebody now and think they can actually compete for a playoff spot, or they're going to gamble in, in free agency in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that question, but I think that really determines where they go. Because I, I think it's very simply put that their starting staff will not get them to the playoffs. Look, maybe that's the plan. Maybe that this is a one, two-year away scenario. They will need to get a pitcher and pay big money for him if they want to get anywhere. They're, they currently have $84 million in tax base. Yeah, so look, there's Which is, there's, yeah. one, there's at least there's a huge pitcher in there and then a good second option in there. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be pretty well below the league average in terms of uh, payroll. Yeah. Um, but are we all on board that... You know, the Dodgers are the team to beat the class of the, the division here. Is there someone else who's going to sneak in? I, I can't really see it from 
the Giants, but do we think the Diamondbacks or Rockies, Rockies could recover, Diamondbacks could hang around long enough, or is it is this really a two horse race at this point? Josh? Yeah, I'm 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 in on the I'm in on the Dodgers uh, being at the top. I think that the the fight will be for second place. Uh, to be frank, uh, when you can got when you can bring a guy back from injury uh, middle of April and his name is Clayton Kershaw and you're already at the top of the division without your without the best pitcher in the NL um, and you also have the hottest hitter on the planet in uh, Chris Bellinger. Uh, yeah, you're doing you're doing something right. Oh, yeah. They they will be there. Um, it's just a matter of if their super utility guys continue to hit whenever they get their two days off. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a one horse race to be honest. All right. Uh, anything else in baseball before we move on? Um, do you want me to run through my news and notes? Let's hit it. Um, the first thing I wrote down, I wrote this down when it happened a few days ago, but Puig's triumphant return to the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. It started as well as it could have. He homered off Kershaw. That had to be one of the most satisfying home runs of any player's career, if we're being honest. Um, look, I, I hate Puig as much as the next guy, if not more so, but that was awesome. The There was a report that came out that some, some reporter was able to talk to a bunch of the Dodgers players about him, and the, the gist of the, the, the report was that Every Dodgers player started it with like, yeah, he's a good guy, fiery guy, but which really points to that he was kind of an asshole, probably still is. Maybe Cincinnati will bring him down to earth, but wanted to throw that out there. One of you mentioned this, that the bullpens today suck. As it stands, starting pitchers have a lower ERA than relief pitchers. That hasn't happened in a over the course of a full season since 1988. Wow. Does that, weird stat. AK, does that does that stat even include the Red Sox starting pitchers? I assume it does. Jeez, which is crazy. I th- but I, I think that just speaks to how shitty bullpens well, have been. That also Cubs leading the charge. Yeah. Does that also include Trevor Rosenthal's infinity? Oh yeah. Half. There you go. <laughs> um. The other, well, the other, two other weird things, two other trends, I'd say. The the triple is going away. It is it, the the league is at point one four triples per game, hmm. which would be the lowest it's been ever. Um, last year was point one eight. That's that's kind of the average over the last fifty years or so. So the triple is going away. I think that's a result of the strikeout Walker home run world that we are living in. Um. On the other side, pitchers have been more wild this year than any any season previously. Um, hit by pitches and just general wild pitches are the highest they've ever been. Um, so some weird trends to start the year. Talked about Dan Vogelbach. I obviously wrote him down already. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. has a war of 1.2 already in just 17 games. Um, coming off our Padres discussion there. Um, and the only other thing I saw this week, Carlos Zambrano, the big psycho, is trying to make a comeback. He he found God or something, had a life change after some Christian conference. 
He is throwing low 90s, so I, it's not crazy. He's, he's old, but he's not that old. Um, it's kind of mid, mid, late 30s there. Something to keep an eye on. He's, he's an absolute psychopath, so it'd be fun to see him maybe team up with Puig. I don't know. Dude was electric. Uh, Cincinnati, kind of a hot place for uh, guys to go to resurrect their careers. Matt Harvey did it last year. Sonny Gray off to a hot start. On the reliever yeah. stat, do openers count as starting pitchers? See, that that's the only thing I, I don't understand. There's not that many of them, so I don't know if they're going to yeah. push this one way or another. But still, at, at the end of the day, that's a, that's a crazy stat. It is. Opinion. It is. And I got one more for you here, and that is uh, today Joey Votto oh. popped out to the first baseman for the, oh. for the first time in his illustrious career. career. 6,000 at bat. I, I, I brought it up last year. I don't know how I didn't write that down. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, absolutely wild. I mean, he is declining did you, did very rapidly. Did you see the replay of it? No. Did you see the replay of that? Uh-uh. I hope everyone knew that. It made, like, a big scene. I really do. Yeah, it was all over the Twitters today. But that's, uh, that's crazy. All right, anything else from News and Notes? JoJo, did I steal your thunder there? Yeah, you did. Sorry. Uh, let's move on to other sports. Um, no ad read this week. Like I said, didn't do a good job getting on the horn, getting sponsors. So uh, if you're out there, download the pod, unsubscribe, resubscribe, send us some Twitter messages. I don't know, do something. Uh, on to the NBA. The Warriors blew a 3-1 lead a couple of years ago. The Warriors blew a 31-point lead the other night. What the oh, hell? What, there. what the hell was that? At home, what happened? AK, resident NBA, NBA expert, what happened? It's just a, a fluke. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm not looking into Golden State series until we're in Game Six or Seven because that's that's a crazy way to lose a game. I feel like Patrick Beverly is responsible for 99 percent of that. <laughs> And look, we've seen the Warriors just like stop playing in the regular season. They're probably not into it yet. I think it's very simple. I still think they're going to get to the NBA Finals and coast through the Clippers at the end of the day. But I think that was a crazy fluke, and it's a team of prima donnas like Golden State who would do it. Josh? Um, DeMarcus Cousins going out doesn't help. Yeah. What was I saying? Uh, Boogie Cousins out. Is he? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he tore his quad. Um, I think that actually helps them. Ooh. Um, believe it or not, it's one less one less guy who wants the ball on the floor. Uh, but until some until they uh, until they actually get down like in a deficit in a series, I'm not worried for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the West playoffs are. Well, that's not true. That playoff series, to your point, AK, I will not pay attention to one second unless it goes past in Game 5, because why would you? Uh, Let's stay in the West, though. Have some really compelling series otherwise. Um, So you got the Nuggets with an incredible win last night over San Antonio. Um, Murray going out there really saving the season because San Antonio was 32-9 at home. If they had been able to go home in this series up 2-0, probably would have been lights out. 
for Denver. Denver with a huge comeback, though, last night. Portland against OKC, holding a 2-0 lead going back to OKC. And then Houston and the Jazz. Um, so let's walk through those three. Denver, San Antonio, what have you guys seen, and where do you see that playing out the rest of the series? Okay, I'm going to start with you on these. Sorry. I mean, I don't, do you think it's a little inexperienced for Denver? They just haven't really been in this position before. I mean, that's what I can gather because they were so good during the regular season, kind of an offensive juggernaut. Maybe, but like Paul Millsap is a guy who's been there for many, many years. Yeah, but like, like Jamal Murray's. Yeah. Again, no he doubt. did it. He did it last night. Saved him, but no doubt. he's not necessarily been in this position before. And I, I, I think for them, the Spurs were the absolute. Worst yeah. matchup they, they could get. Worst matchup. A team and a coach yeah. who has this experience to take down a team like the Nuggets. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I can see this one going seven, and I don't know. Like, crazier things have happened where seven's beaten a two. So I, the Spurs are the Spurs, and I think they always will be. And God knows they have Bellinelli, so. Good you know, point. Can't count them out. Yeah, JoJo. Um, I. I would take this actually the Spurs in six. To be honest, I think that the experience there, Denver is a Denver was one of the best offensive teams in the league, and they're just inexperienced. And I don't know if the I don't know if the uh, the offense will beat experience. But when you step back and look at the entire West, how can the, how can anybody say the way the matchups are set in the first round based off the seeding? How Golden State essentially just has to get by. Uh, the Rockets, essentially, and I could see them during the finals. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Spurs in six pick. I think that, to your point, that's a terrible matchup uh, for the Nuggets. Uh, the team that's really disappointed me, Oklahoma City. I thought for sure that they were going to at least get a split out in Portland, especially after last year uh, when the Pels took care, of, uh, took care of Portland. I believe they swept them. They did um, sweep them, and how good would the how good would the Blazers be if uh, if not for that horrific injury to Jerkic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I, I've been really impressed by Portland. Um, so OKC, really, my disappointing team in the playoffs thus far. JoJo, what you got? Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I expect more from them. I expect Russell Westbrook to be the MVP that he is, and he he's playing. I mean, he's he's doing as much as he can. Playoff P is not. Uh, playoff B is not holding his own um, but there's only so much you can do and eventually Russell Russell Westbrook will uh, figure out that you have to start guarding Damian Lillard as soon as he crosses half court yeah I don't know I don't, I don't, I don't have a ton of input here I I mean the Trailblazers should be much better than they They've been historically with with Lillard and CJ. That's such a good one-two punch. I think it's good for the playoffs. But the way I've looked at the West all years, that all roads lead to Golden State at the end of the day. So, yeah. when Russell Russell Westbrook shot twenty-five percent last night. Uh, any any doubt about this Houston Utah series no. right now into the first thirty-nine to nineteen? Uh, well, like I guess the question is, will Utah make a series out of it at all and sneak in a game at home? Or Rockets in five. Wrong? Rockets in five. Georgia, all right, AK. Agreed. I, 
they don't have that they don't have the the that it factor that they seem to have had the last year or two in the playoffs. They're they're gonna they're they're done. All right, on to the East. Uh, Magic and Nets both steal game ones on the road. Um, but let's start with the series um, that had a game tonight, the 4-5. Uh, Boston and Indiana, JoJo, your boys coming back down by uh, down by two with less than a minute to play tonight and end up winning the game by, I believe, six or eight points. Eight. Celtics, this is a new team. Kyrie Irving said that the regular season was a whole lot of bullshit, and that was a direct quote. Uh how are you feeling about your boys? I mean, do you think that there's a chance that they could bring Boston uh, its third title in the four major sports this year? Uh, so there's a if you you alluded to it, Mac. There's a lot of pressure on them because there there is a legitimate chance for four for four, legitimate chance for four for four. Um, and as we all know, I don't become a basketball or a hockey fan until the Patriots season ends in either January or February. Um, so I'm doing some catching up and, uh, you know, we're missing the heartbeat of our team in Marcus Smart. Um, he, he could return later on in the postseason. Uh, but with that said, uh, if Kyrie can just carry this team past the Pacers, I do think that they can figure out how to stop the Greek feet. Greek freak. Um, the Pacers are just not the same team without, without Old Depot. So I do see the uh, Celtics in five. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree in five there. But I do think, you know, looking ahead, not having Marcus Smart is a huge, huge hit to them. The energy and in, in, in his ability to just lock down and get in someone's head on the defensive end in the playoffs is maybe their biggest biggest thing. So I, I think that hurts them more than meets the eye. And I I mean the Bucks are kind of a juggernaut themselves. Giannis controls the entire game from start to finish. It'll be tough, I think, for Boston to to get out of the East without Marcus Smart. Uh so why don't, you, why don't we do this? What are what's the most fascinating series in the East outside of the four or five to you? Sixers Nets. Because to me, one through four are awesome in the East, and I find each of those teams entertaining and fascinating. And then five through eight just bore me to death. So uh, Sixers Nets. Sixers Nets. All right, why, Jojo? Uh, because D'Angelo Russell is, can carry that team to beat the Seventy Sixers. That is exactly why. Okay. He is. He is actually playing. Uh, I mean, I know. Yes, when you go in and you and you beat Philadelphia in Game One, and then Philadelphia comes back out and scores 145 points with a 50 point quarter, it's not kind of good. Um, but it's actually really bad. What did you know? That's really bad. Um, but I mean, Joe Harris has led the league in NBA three point in, in three point shots or three-point percentage this season. So he's turning in to be an actual uh, good player. He didn't show up for game two. Damari Carroll, I've always loved his game. He doesn't fit anywhere. He's not a scorer, but I've always loved his game. It's D'Angelo Russell, and if he can if he can literally distribute and get, get the guys the ball in open space, I think that they have, a, they have a chance. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying they have a chance. All right. 
AK, what's your most fascinating? I like that pick, and, and I, I've just I don't think the Sixers are that good. They were better last season. I do. I just I I can't picture a world where Ben Simmons is like is going to be super effective against a team who puts a, a defensive plan together. Right. I just don't. I just don't buy it. I mean, well, Tobias they, Harris helps. It. But I just—I'm not a huge fan of the defense they were playing. What's up? Did you see the defense they were playing against uh, Ben Simmons? No. Uh, Demar Carroll was standing at the free throw line waiting. I mean, that's all you have to do if if you can get someone strong to like stop his drives. You almost make him ineffective. So I right. And I I think I think to your point, Demar Carroll is the perfect guy to disrupt Ben Simmons, and then you ultimately disrupt. Their whole offensive flow. I don't like Jimmy Butler can try to force things when things aren't going well for the whole team. So I'm not a huge fan of theirs. I, I like your I like your call on the Nets. All right, uh, let's move on to hockey. Anything else in basketball before we do? Cool. All right, hockey. Uh, damn. I, I I'm sorry. Like I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball, but. The NHL playoffs are just so much doper than the NBA playoffs, at least until the finals. Um, and maybe that's just because of where we are in the NBA right now. But the, the NHL playoffs have not disappointed. You got the two juggernauts in the East. Uh, well, juggernaut of the past decade, the Penguins, going out getting swept uh, by the Islanders. Barry Trotz taking his uh, anger out on the Penguins back-to-back years. And then... Uh, the number one seed, the team that tied the all-time record for most wins in the regular season, the Tampa Bay Lightning, swept. Don't get a game in out of the, in, in the playoffs against the lowly-seeded Columbus Blue Jackets, a franchise that has never won more than two playoff games uh, in a season. They go ahead and sweep the Lightning. Which which of these two sweeps was more shocking to you guys? I mean, I think it's probably an obvious answer. But why? I mean, how do you rationalize what happened in the East? AK, I'll start with you. It's hard. It's hard to rationalize how Tampa Bay just laid an egg. I mean, the the interviews you heard after the game from their locker room were just kind of like I don't, I don't know what the hell happened. I mean, they, they just they don't get it either. I think that's that's where you got to start here. I, I don't know how it happened. I really don't. I love the coach's excuse of like, well, you know, we just we won so many games that we didn't play meaningful games for, like, the last month and a half. And it's just hard to turn it on sometimes. I was like, okay, dude, <laughs> thanks for pointing out that you guys won a lot. JoJo? Right, yeah. Um, so, the, the, obviously the big winner is Columbus. And it's it has nothing to do with today. It has everything to do with the trade deadline. They literally sat there with two of their two stars – uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky both wanting to leave in free agency at the end of the year. They've said it. And they even thought about trading them when they were on the bubble. But instead, they kept them. And then they added uh, Matt Duchesne and Ryan Zingle. And then they also got uh, Adam McQuaid for depth. When you add two good... two Duchesne's a really good piece. And Zingle, who is a, is a really good uh, depth player, and Adam McQuaid on the blue line, like you're telling your team we're going all in. That's when it started. And yes, obviously I am surprised that Stamkos didn't have more of an impact. Um, Hedman 
has struggled this series. But the Blue Jackets have been all in since February. And they pushed. And the Lightning sort of, as Cooper said, they relaxed at the end of the year. And it showed. Yep. Yep. I uh, did not know that about the trade deadline. That's some interesting insight there. Uh, let's move on to the West, uh, where all series are 2-1 to one now, with the exception of Vegas and San Jose. Vegas has a 3-1 lead there. Um, but otherwise, well, that may not be true, because I believe the Stars game is about to go final. It's about to be 2-2. Yeah, so it's about to be 2-2. Um but we have some a lot of really entertaining series out there in the West. What's kind of sticking out to you guys as the big takeaway in the opening uh, opening round out there? JoJo? Uh, I've got two big takeaways, and it's it, it's going to come Vegas. Um, I think they're better than the three seed that they are. Um, shitty for the Sharks. The Sharks had a really good year. Um, just a tough matchup against Vegas. Vegas is... Vegas' second line is be- is better on any given night than a lot of teams' first lines. Um, when you have Stasny and Stone on the second line uh, with Max Pacioretty, yeah, that's studly. And then the other uh, the other point I wanted to make is a uh, cool story in Colorado. Uh, the the kid who wins the uh, Hobie Baker Award for the best college player. Uh, Two days later, comes out and scores his first NHL goal in a playoff game, and now the Az are winning that series two to one. Yeah, that's good. The, the 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 only thing I've really kind of seen here is that I I didn't have a, a, a dead favorite coming out of these matchups. So and I so I'm not totally surprised that outside of the Vegas Vegas. Sharks matchup that all these are pretty tight and I that's good hockey all that means all these games are good have been good and, and will be good that's that's what you want yeah the playoffs uh, all right so those are the series from a uh, you know kind of top line level but I do want to touch on some on the ice controversies we've had uh, I want to save the funnier well I guess sort of funny, just the wilder of the two uh, for last. But let's start in Boston, where uh, we have repeat offender Nazem Kadri of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That series is now 2-2 two to two after a 6-4 Boston win tonight. Uh, Kadri will not be playing in any more of the series games, though, because this is the second year in a row where he's uh, been thrown out of the series for high hits to the head. Jojo, uh, you know what's what's going on in Boston? Uh, is there a chance that Kadri, uh, you know, shows up in in the river in Boston in the next couple of weeks? Um, guys, yeah. I'm putting in my formal notice that in like a couple of days or so, uh, I will be going to Europe and hiding from the FBI. <laughs> Understood. Yes, yeah. he he ends up he's. If he ever steps foot in that city again, he has his face planted all over. And there, I'm sure Whitey Bulger can call in a favor from prison. Uh, Whitey Bulger's dead. Well, Whitey Bulger can call call in a favor from six feet under. (laughs) Uh, All right, all right. Uh, So, yeah, let me, I'll take it this way. You thought it was a dirty hit. Oh, it's... (laughs) 
You expect nothing else from a guy like that with his history. Um, Granted, yes, DeBrusque did go knee-on-knee with him a little bit earlier in the game. and um, Yeah, they were chipping and yelling all night. But there's absolutely no reason to take a shot at the head with a cross-check. And uh, that that just says that you have no respect for a man's life. And I, he, you, he has to be smarter than that. Like, what, what did he think was going to happen? Yeah, no idea. Like, it just... Things like that are just so stupid to me. I, I don't understand how dumb an important player can be in the playoffs. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well... I think while that was stupid, it was a crime of passion. Um, I don't the the caps. What's that kid's name? Sever Sever Severjinko or whatever for. Uh, oh yeah. The the Canes. I'll never understand what that kid's thinking. He's yeah, got 19 so years old. He's been idolizing Ovi his whole life. He decides to start chirping, and he's actually the one who's like, "You want to you want to drop the gloves?" And Ovi. Takes a couple of slaps in the face from this kid and then just knocks him straight unconscious. Any sympathy for that asshole, or uh, you know, would you tell him to pick up his teeth off the ice? No, no. I would. He asked for it. He and it's, it's weird because it's weird because Ovi's not a fighter. No. Because in, nobody's in fact, going to fight him. Well, not only that, like, yeah, he is a scary dude, but like. The only thing that you can point to is it got Ovi off the ice for five minutes. And so, like, I guess that's a win. But to the detriment of having your best player, uh, you know, enter the concussion protocol, ugh, probably you want to tell the kid to take it easy a little bit, especially when you're about, you know, 5'11", 180 pounds going up against a grade 8. So stupid. So stupid. Um, all right, anything else from the NHL before we move on to everyone's favorite segment? Yeah, did you see that uh, that kid's older brother who plays for the Red Wings minor league uh, put out a Russian mob hit for on Ovi? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm pretty sure that Putin will just put out a literal hit on that guy if he ever goes back to Russia because I know Putin and Ovi are boys. Yes. Um, all right, let's move on to top worst, most best. No mortal locks this week, but we are going to do our favorite segment, the one inspired by our one and only JoJo. So uh, kick it off for us with most, uh, with top worst, actually, JoJo. What you got? Yeah, top worst. Uh, top worst goes to uh, the Red Sox, shockingly. Oh. Oh. Well, not, not the Red Sox, but this is Dave Dombrowski's handling of Red Sox players. Blake Swihart, I still think he's going to be a good Major League Baseball player. Designated for assignment, he's the scapegoat. Uh, they brought Sandy Leon back up from the minor leagues. It's not Blake Swihart's fault that the pitchers can't hit location. It's just Blake Swihart's fault that Dave Dombrowski doesn't like him. Uh, the other one over there is uh, Dustin Pedroia. Exited tonight's game with some knee comfort, still the same knee that's been bugging him. And there goes a Hall of Fame career. Uh, that was probably, I would say, the last we see of him. Oh. And I would not be shocked if he shut down for the year and then retires. Bold, bold call, JoJo. I like it. 
Uh, all right, I'm going to go. We didn't get to talk much college basketball this year, so that's where I'm going to uh, keep my top worst and most best. My top worst is going to be uh, Mike Krzyzewski's coaching abilities. So uh, really, really appreciate the guy. He's an incredible recruiter now, apparently, that he embraces the one and done after chastising it for years. Uh, Team USA coach, he's done a lot for the game. Uh, can I think you can safely make the argument that this was the worst single-season coaching performance of all time. They, I, Mac, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but they started off the season yeah. being coached and being so great against Kentucky. Yeah. And they got worse. This is this is my point. They blew Kentucky out of the arena, scored 120 points, beat them by 40. They were just working fools. Either everyone else got much better throughout the season or Duke got worse. Either way, Coach K comparatively as a coach was really, really terrible. I mean, for everyone else, like Duke looked unstoppable, world beaters. They weren't going to lose a game, blah, 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 for the first week and a half, two weeks, three weeks of the season. Then they lose to Gonzaga. Then they lose to Syracuse. And then the wheels kind of come off. Granted, Zion got hurt, but offensively this team had nothing. It was just roll the ball out and tell Zion, like, Zion, I don't coach loser Zion. And then, uh, you know, hope that they just make something work offensively. They had no offense. Their defense was pretty bad for what they were. I mean, for all that talent, I thought this was one of the worst coaching jobs of all time. So Coach K gets uh, my award for top worst this week. AK, what you got? I like that. You tell him, Mac. Um, mine was going to be Tampa Bay getting swept. I already discussed that. Could talk about Gronk denting the Lombardi Trophy, which is hilarious. <laughs> but I'm going to go WNBA. Ooh. Brianna Stewart, MVP, All-Star, All-First Team, won the title. She ruptured her Achilles playing for a team in Russia in the offseason. Now, I get the WNBA players are underpaid. I get they need to find some ways to make some money in the offseason. But it's just to rupture your – like, why why even trying so hard? In Russia, <laughs> crazy to me that the best player in the world has to go to Russia to make some money. I mean, I mean what, what's she, how is she going to go to her team and be like, yeah, sorry, my team in Russia, we were playing on the road and I ruptured my Achilles. I mean, that, that – that's harsh. Not a, not the best thing to do in Russia. Fair. Not a whole lot of good things to do in Russia. Uh, all right, moving on to top or most best. God, I, I, I caught myself that time, but I still haven't figured it out. You literally had like five months yeah. to uh, practice. Most best. Uh, I'm going to go with comeback season, baby. So we had UVA st- sticking with the college basketball theme. Uh, the greatest – you know, 30 for 30 in the making that we've probably witnessed in a long time. What if I told you a team is the first number one seed to lose to a 16, uh, also comes back and wins it all next year. So the Who's, um, shout out to them. Hell of a comeback, hell of a performance. Uh, not only are they the first number one team, the only uh, one seed to lose to a 16, they are also the only one seed to come back and win it all after losing to a 16 seed. So they're just breaking all sorts of records over here. But seriously, congrats to the Who's. Pretty awesome that they pulled this off. Incredible story. That's all I got on that. Uh, AK. Well, if anyone didn't see today, 
Oh, uh, wait, shit. Hold on. Hold on. Also, come back season. Yeah, I was going to say, you had something else. Yeah, come back season Tiger Woods. All right, now AK, go. The juggernauts that are the White Sox and the Royals got into a little scuffle today. Tim Anderson pimped a home run in a 2-2 game. Came back and got plunked in the sixth. Very funny fight. Benches cleared, whatever. But there's a scene where Dale Swim, coach of the Royals, former coach of the Cubs, was being held back by Rick Renteria, coach of the White Sox, also former coach of the Chicago Cubs. Just a, just a funny scene where two guys are frustrated, and in the back of their minds are like, damn, had a shot at the Cubs, couldn't do it, and now here we are fighting during a useless baseball game in April. All right. Damn. Uh, that means me. Uh, so, little NFL news today other than the schedule leaking and schedule coming out today. Was the or sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers are making the Powder Blues their full-time home uniform. Best uniforms in football. Just got to say that. Uh, and outside of sports... Some days are so much better now with Game of Thrones. I'm just going to say it. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. I said it. Never heard of it. <laughs> if it's not sports, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Stick, stick to sports, Judge. All right. I, you know, I, you know I, I venture. Uh, all right. Anything else from the world of sports before we go? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers looked like a dweeb sitting courtside at the Milwaukee Bucks game. Aaron Rodgers is a dweeb, dude. Yeah, that's because he, he, also, he also doesn't like his coaches ever. Or his family. Yeah, or his family. True. true. Him, right. him, and Patrick, him and Patrick Reed would be good friends. Oh, they should be. Nice. And Dan, throw Danica in there, too. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, well, same time, same place. Maybe next week. Good to be know. back, fellas. Who knows? Who knows? Sometime soon. All right, cool.